soup. Dishing up tasty morsels of tarot wisdom and other oracular tidbits with your hosts, Katrina Wynn and Gina Thies. Two saucy sisters broadcasting from the magnificent Oregon coast and from deep in the heart of Texas. And inviting your questions about tarot, oracles, counseling skills, reading advice, and more. Be sure to visit our website at oraclesoup.org to listen to our podcast archive. You can also visit us on Facebook and like our Oracle Soup page, where you can share your wisdom and request for Oracle Soup topics. Soup is hot now, and it's ready to be served. We really, really welcome you to our kitchen table conversation today on Oracle Soup, because as you know, we've been doing this a few years, and by we, I mean myself, Katrina Wynn, and my dear, dear soul sister, Gina Vies. We have the wonderful honor of having these conversations with a variety of people, people we really love and admire, people we're getting to know, people who are up and coming, all kinds of folks in our tarot and oracular world. That's true. And- I'm really glad we do pick the people we pick because I get really excited. Um, I get excited about the learning in in the process of the episode more about them, um, and I'm sometimes often surprised at how. Um, Tarot brings so many people together and there's so much alignment. And so it's a pretty cool, I think we, we, we sit in pretty cool seats at the table, if you ask me. So the, the person that we're talking with today is someone we've actually tried to find a time to sit down in those seats together. And this gal is so super duper, supercharged, busy. She's amazing. I mean, I'm going to say something I haven't quite said to her face, even though I've seen her face, her lovely, gorgeous face for quite a few years. But um, we're talking about Benabelle Wynn. And to me, Benabelle Wynn is one of these people who, and I don't mean to offend anybody by saying this, she's so intelligent, intelligent even in the way that she uses her time and manages her time and her focus and her energy and her interest, that she really, really produces a great deal of material, things that other people would probably burn out trying right. to That's She is the epitome of prolific but organized. Yeah, she has a, a, a brilliant mind. Um, and I, I just you know clicked with her um, actually getting to, to talk with her and, and and just that whole we talked about the the whole swordsy thinking personality type which um, I often identify with and we were uh, you know big picture people and I think it helps we both are busy you and I and there's of course an amazing diversity of topics we could have had a conversation with this amazing woman about but you know just the fact that she's amazing in the way she produces and organizes her time I thought that would be a great uh, learning for all of us is something I want to learn more about how to use my time more effectively so I really appreciate as you're calling it and I agree this left brain conversation so 
for those of you who haven't had an opportunity to hear a little bit from Binabel, I hope you enjoy this and I hope you realize what an asset and gift she is to us in the Tarot and Oracle world. And I'm so thankful. Yes. So enjoy this and let us know that we love feedback. And of course, we're going to have links um, talking about um, the things that Benabel and Katrina and myself are up to individually. So stay tuned. I feel so relaxed, Gina. I, I love the fact that we have this delightful jasmine tea on the table. So yummy. Mm. And it's a nice touch, especially considering the person who's sitting at the table with us. Yes, yes. And it is such an honor to have Binabel Wen with us. Hi, I'm glad you like my tea. I brought it here all the way from Taiwan. Mm, <sighs> so Taiwan. good. Yeah. Mm. Yes, and say maybe something about Taiwan and the spirit of Taiwan and the tea. Um, well, it's an island culture, and so you definitely have that tropical feel there. It's very busy. It's very international at this point if you go to the big cities. But what's interesting is very recently they did a study there, and 90%, 90% of the people on the island still believe in ghosts. So you understand wow. a sense of the mythology and the spirit of the place. Yes, and knowing that that's part of your own ancestry, I imagine you, you have an interesting way of interfacing with it. I do believe that there's a collective reality. If there's a collective belief system, some things do manifest. And so I think because of that, maybe since that's my heritage, I do find that to manifest a little bit more in my life. And so my experience to my eyes is that I do see a lot of the spirit interaction with the human world. And so I believe strongly in that. I, I don't have a choice, I don't think. <laughs> and Gina, I think that's true for you too, isn't it? It is. Um, in my work, um, I pick up... Um, as anyone that does any sort of um, psychic intuitive work, um, you deal with energies all the time. And whether that be, um, most people think of ghost um, beings, entities, all these sorts of things. I've been dealing with that realm for as long as I can remember. Um, it's not just about uh, ghosts in terms of people that are here, but there are other types of energies. And so learning to distinguish those. Um, and I think there are positive and negative, but not necessarily in a sense of there's bad. It's just there's a, an absence of something that's missing in terms of a negative energy. So um, in my work, I've learned to distinguish those and I teach people how to distinguish those as well. So yeah. So can entities, I'm thinking of one of my favorite pieces of music from the past and it's like uh, the ghost in the machine. So can entities not only uh, appear in people, but can they also appear in computers, for instance? Well, I, if I don't, I believe that the ghost, well, the spirit energy, it's kind of like in a form of electrical energy. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a magnetism. Mm -hmm. And so we're starting to see signs. There's mag magnetism isn't just the ferric magnetism that we think of when we see ma uh, the refrigerator. There's many types of magnetic fields. And so I think this is an magnetic field as well, the microphone, the computer, mobile phones. And so I think when, you know how you sometimes have that feedback when you have 
have um, interfaces of different kinds of electrical devices. So when a ghost comes close to a device, I think there is a sort of interface or, or distraction between the magnetic field of the ghost and the, uh, the technology. And so then you can hear feedback, you hear the buzzing, lights go on and off. And that's really just more science. It's mm -hmm. just the fact that the energies are coming together and there's creating a buzz. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So speaking of creating a buzz, <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm so delighted to be here with two amazingly creative people, right? Okay, three, including myself. Yes, I'm, including I'm yourself. I'm pretty pleased to be with myself too, yes. okay, I admit. Because <laughs> I admire each of you as dynamic, creative women who don't just talk the talk, but you walk it, right? You walk it, you talk it, you produce things, you teach, you share, you do research. Then on the other hand, families, day jobs or whatever, or the other jobs, you know, how Muggle do we... jobs, no. <laughs> yeah, Gina, you do a lot. I know your name is there. I always see you buzzing around. There's oh, so much that I know. You, do. you know, it's interesting because I was just said, like... How do you, somebody asked, how do you do this, Farrell Humphrey? She's like, how do you do everything that you yeah. do? And I, I said, I don't know how not to wear different hats. Um, I find life is for the living. So I, whatever I take an interest in, people, things, working, I'm a workaholic. I, okay, I'm a workaholic. <laughs> you know, I have to settle down into to that. And when I work on, Ruth Ann always says she's amazed at how I get that newsletter in all the time. She's like, we just, we just, every time it comes in, we just are like amazed. I'm like, well, it's part of the routine, right? So you make something part of the routine. Um, and I work well under pressure, you know, wearing different hats. How you get it all done is that you have to prioritize. You have to know which fires to put out first, right? Um, and then I, I love helping other people, so I give of myself a lot. So that's how it gets done. A friend said to me recently, if you want to get something done, look for the busiest person. Because there's something about busy people who are just really driven. And I think of you as a driven person, Bill. I, oh, I, mean, I mean, it's just so obvious. You're so professional. Everybody knows you're also an attorney. You have a full life. And then you produce books lectures, presentations, PowerPoints, and also additional things like my lovely journal that I use every day. So, I mean, how do you put it all together? I focus on the present moment. Um, I don't dwell on uh, regrets or what I could have done better. I just make I go in with the work ethic that everything I'm doing, I'm doing to the best of my ability, so I have no regrets. And if, it's, if I fail, I still do it to the best of my ability, so I move on. I don't attach to failures or disappointments. So a good example is, you know, um, if my hard drive broke and I deleted all my files and I lose my life's work, um, instead, I mean, it was really hard and tragic, but then instead I just, okay, well, what can I do to move on? And so I, I immediately sort of just picked up where I left off. And so I think that sort of gives the insight into how I behave. So in the moment, like Gina was saying, putting out the fires, assessing the the landscape, figuring out the fire to put out, going there, putting it out, and then stop thinking about that fire, move on mm -hmm. to the next fire to put out. I stop thinking about the fire I put out. I don't congratulate myself for putting it out, and I don't wallow in self-pity if I didn't do a really great job or if something was damaged. I just keep on moving on. And so I think that's the ethic that you really have to adopt if you want to achieve things. And I know a little bit more more about you from some private conversations and your day starts 
maybe earlier than the average person that I know anyway. <laughs> you want to share anything about that? I wake up around 5.30, 6 o'clock a.m. and usually it's already, it's still dark. So I wake up to darkness. I don't know if that does anything to my brain. Um, but uh, I, I, as soon as I begin my day, I think about what I want to achieve that day. I think about what I want to achieve that week and what I've already done, what I haven't done yet. And then I begin the process. And Gina was talking about routine. And I think routine is very important. So, um, you know, I make, you know, I have a routine. I make my coffee, I go to the bath. Like there's things that I do that is exactly the same even to the point of my toothbrush is here I reach right for my toothbrush I reach left for my it's just so mechanical mm -hmm. and the negative side of that unfortunately is that if something is off sometimes I can lose my you know cool right. and so because I do have that orderly personality if something is out of the routine if I don't ground and quickly center myself if I don't go through the proactive effort of bringing myself back to a place of peace mm -hmm. I can get off center because I need that routine. So there's the positive and there's the negative, but the routine really keeps me going. It keeps that momentum. And that reminds me a lot of myself because I'm a Taurus. I love to be grounded. I love to be organized. Sometimes that's the first thing I do when I'm at a conference, for instance, and I'm staying at a hotel. It's like, okay, I'm going to put my things into the drawer here, and I'm going to put, hang up my clothes in the closet. And there's something about making yourself at home as a Taurus and having things organized. But not everybody lives that way. And then suddenly something happens like your hard drive gets compromised big time. Deleted. Deleted. All, <laughs> just all five hard drives. All Life's five work. hard drives, which would oh drive me batty, but I, honestly, I have the same attitude you have. Yeah, emotionally, I might be hurt or distraught in the moment in some way or another, but then I can't help but also come to the moment and get into fix mode, maybe. What can I do about this? But then also draw from a deep spiritual uh, awareness of a couple of things. One is being in the present, doing the best I can in the moment. And the other one is uh, not going into a place of fear, going into a place of, I love my life. Is there a lesson here for me that could make my life even better or that I can share and be a teaching for others in some way or another? Maybe it has something to do with leaving all that behind. Maybe I'm done with that part of my life. Maybe it's a reboot of some... And then what tarot card even comes up to remind you about something like that? The yeah. death card, right? It's like everything got dissolved so that something else like the temperance or the art card, something new can emerge. So I think that's another exciting thing about people who are deeply creative is that willingness to let go of things so that something new and fresh can be born. You know, as a creative type, um, it's in being in the, in the role of working with um, the intuitive arts, um, it's about being solutions oriented. And so when something happens, you ha you know, and you are too, it's like finding solutions is one of those things that it's like, I'm, I'm, I have to do. So I always tell my children, don't come to me with problems, come to me with a solution. So <laughs> it's like, I want solutions, solutions. So that in itself helps with the organization, helps with the routine. And it's always about what is it going to be the end result, not necessarily with the failure, but looking for the success. So it keeps me, it keeps me going. Yeah, I absolutely agree with that. <laughs> I feel, I figure we have a lot going on that's so much alike and we're, you yeah. know, we have, we don't get to t spend a lot of time together because no. there's so much going on when we when we do see each other, but, um, 
Yes. That's the thing with I busy get people. You. <laughs> so, so that kind of brings up another topic. is like people who are driven, busy, full schedules. And I'm thinking of the tarot now and the fact that we really truly do have four suits. And so if you've got a lot of swords activity going on, mental activity for those people who associate with swords, where do the cups come in? Well, I think cups would be about self-care and care of others. They're service to self, Ross is, and service to others. So coming into the, the cups, I think um, I'm a very swordsy thinking type. Can you relate? Yeah. No, not at all. <laughs> not at all, Gina. So, so if if you would say to a cups person, you know, what's your day like? They're going to tell you all of these e- emotional. They're going to use Stories. those words. They're going to, yeah. you know, go into it, and I'm just like, okay, got the picture. Just yeah, just give me get the to the point. Notes. Give me get to the point, please. <laughs> I'm like that with can my clients. By the way, can you feel this beautiful day? <laughs> I can't feel the beautiful day, but I can tell you, blah, 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 and structure it in a different way. I got the cups for you. For me, it is something, it's a work in progress. Um, I know that I have trouble with that because it's not something I relate to, and so I have to go the extra mile to process the sensatory types of people, where they're sensation-oriented, or if I'm being honest, Mm complaint-oriented, where it's about what's wrong with the day, the negative emotions they have, and not so much about, you know, what they achieve that day or what they have to do that day. Um, I do have trouble connecting to that, but I know that about myself. So I've sort of learned um, that was something that I have to work on. But now I just realized, okay, I'm just going to cut off what I need to do for now and just basically put a stop, put a pause on my day, sit down in the moment with that person and be in the moment of this emotions and let them, you know, sort of talk out their feelings and sensations. And that's something I've had to learn to do. But and it has to be an intentional, you know, act. But, you know, that's how I do. I intentionally force myself to move into the cups suit. And then I intentionally force my... Well, I, I run out of the cup suit. But, in back <laughs> but I do have to intend it. Yeah. In my words, we would call that a growing edge. Meaning, it's an edge to your understanding and your comfort, but you're willing to kind of test the waters and step over it until finally you get to a place of comfort. One of the ways I do it in my life is that I actually try to love myself first really focus on embracing love in myself and then allow it to glow and touch those around me and just to remind myself all the time i love everybody no matter where they are i love who they are i may not love what they do or how they behave and i can have my judgments or my criticisms about that but it doesn't change the fact that in the core i can still love them and so i kind of bring that compassion into my work she has a lot of water and spiritual and compassionate and empathic energy. She does. For me, I'm just like, well, I'm going to, I acknowledge the the logical merits of coexistence. Right. And so I'm like, logically, it makes sense for me to accept coexistence, so we shall coexist. Yes. And then I go from, which is not a great, it's not a very ascended place to be, but it's how I deal. Yes. No, I, I relate. I got it. <laughs> well, so just lastly... Um, and, and this might be too personal, but for maybe each of us, is a particular spiritual philosophy or a spiritual belief system the thing that helps us stay focused, stay in our power, stay in our wisdom, uh, or even stay in our hearts? For me, uh, as a moon hermit, I always um, respond and, and ask the question, where did they get that? And so um, it keeps me 
on a search and, and the whole life is a journey, you know, the whole search. And so, um, I believe in seeking you shall find. And I think the more, you know, the more you don't know. Um, I think I have a lot of influence from Buddhism. And so I've had, I've had real training from a young age, not by my own decision. My parents put me through that from a very young age. And so because of that, from indoctrination, really, since the age of like three to four, uh, I've learned to sort of, you know, implement it into my everyday life and detach. And so it's not about being Zen or calm. You have to do that, but I don't think I'm there yet. I think for me, it's an intentional snap, you know, I, scissors, swords. I just cut the cord and I move on. And it's the only way I can be quote unquote Buddhist because I can't get to that level of that compassion yet. So for me, it's a cut and move on. And that form of intentional dis- detachment is how I deal. But that's the philosophy that I run with. Yeah, I think maybe that's the, the blessing and the curse of being more empathic is that I don't take on other people's feelings, but I do feel them. And so just to kind of hold space for it, which means also holding space for myself. And of course, as a psychotherapist, being able to differentiate between what's my stuff, what's somebody else's stuff. And uh, I have more of a Taoist leaning, but I also have my roots and being uh, Native American and uh, more earth-based and grounded in that way and they all to me complement each other and and just the attitude of being of service you know is what is creator asking me or spirit asking me to facilitate in this moment and to know that I truly am connected with all and so whoever's there in front of me is actually an aspect of myself and the more I can raise their awareness the more I can raise my own that's beautiful. Well done. Well said. Well, well said. Thank you so much. Thank you for Bingo, having this me. This has been, I'm so glad we got to do this. I mean, thank it's, you, Gina. It's, an honor. it's my honor, actually. <laughs> I've heard so much about you. Your reputation proceeds. Oh, my goodness. But a lot. See, a what lot. had happened was I didn't do it. No pictures or anything. Explanation, happen. please. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so very much. More Jasmine, please. <laughs> Thank you for spending time with us on Oracle Soup. We invite your comments and podcast suggestions on our Facebook page, also called Oracle Soup. And be sure to visit our website, oraclesoup.org, for hot new servings of our saucy talks. You can also subscribe to the feed burner or listen to our pantry of Oracle Soup archived recordings, along with articles and links to more resources. And be sure to visit our personal websites to receive more information about us and the things that we offer individually. For Katrina, visit tarotcounseling.org. And counseling is spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-I-N-G dot org, like in Oregon, O-R-G. And for Gina, visit tarotadvisor.com and advisor is spelled A-D-V-I-S-O-R This content and the content of these podcasts are intended only to provide a summary and general overview on matters of interest 
It is not intended to be comprehensive, nor does it constitute legal advice or legal opinion. This content is intended, but not promised or guaranteed, to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. You should seek legal or other professional advice before acting or relying on any of the content. And thanks again for listening to Oracle Soup. Y'all come back now. <laughs>